Hey everybody, just a heads up that this episode features some cursing, so if that's not something you want playing with, I don't know, your kids in the car or, you know, whatever your personal preference is, just keep that in mind and enjoy the episode. Hey everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach. And Adam, you know what? What, Zach? I think we need to mix up things. I I think we need to add an X factor uh, to this episode. An element that we weren't uh, previously expecting but are now going to add a little flavor, a little pizzazz, a little... uh, a little fun to this uh, this story about revenge. Uh, this whole episode. What do you think? Do you think we should do that? I think we need uh, the help of the focused totality of X uh, history, and that would be Cerebro host Connor. Hi guys. <laughs> Hi Connor Goldsmith here. If you don't know my show, just uh, it is called Cerebro. Um, I think it's pretty good. I'm a fan of my good. show. <laughs> I also like this show though. It's been a while since I was on this show. You guys had me on it's, pretty early days. It's been like like a year. Yeah. yeah, 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 probably something probably. around there. Yeah, we had we had you on back uh, doing an Emma episode. To do an Emma episode because Emma and Betsy are my favorites. But with Betsy, I have a very complicated. This backstory for your listeners. I have a very complicated relationship with Betsy Braddock because I grew up reading the 80s comics. My mm-hmm. dad's a collector, and so I grew up reading older stuff um, rather than the stuff that was coming out in the 90s when I was like actually a kid. So like the and Captain Britain stuff? Not Captain Britain, but like all of Betsy's like New Mutants Annual number two yeah. up through the Siege Perilous, like yeah. Mutant Massacre, the Outback era, Rossi. all that stuff. Yeah, and I was obsessed with her. She was like, the coolest superhero to me i love she was mysterious she was mean she would kill people she <laughs> was also though this very poised like demure english rose with a vargas girl haircut it was a very interesting <laughs> thing going on uh much like emma is now as a character mm-hmm. and so emma kind of replaced her as my favorite because i wasn't super into the ninja ninja betsy of the 90s oh connor we planned this episode poorly (laughs) (laughs) no you didn't because when i was a 13 year old on uncannyxmen.net in their forums my username was revolch because one of the stories that really captivated me in the 90s that I did read as it was coming out was the Betsy and Kanon story Mm. the whole revanche arc and I was absolutely fascinated captivated by it because my Betsy showed up, right? Like that's exciting because I wasn't yeah. into this new direction for the character. I love, I do think the issue, the key that breaks the lock where she is transformed is an incredible, incredible issue. I also just don't think 
I mean, you know, we're three white guys sitting around here. We don't need to get into like the complicated racial politics of this storyline, but it's obviously, I think even at the time was dicey and it has only aged worse the longer and farther away you get from it. Yeah. Um, but she was basically a different character. When Fabian Niciesa was on my show, he said that when he was writing Psylocke in the 90s, he didn't think of her as Betsy Braddock and that the Canon thing was his way of justifying why she was a completely different person now. Mm. Yeah, and we've ranked uh, the Conan reveal mm-hmm. um, by Fabes on a previous episode, but the first story we're going to talk about today is uh, also from Fabes and Andy Kubert. And that is uh, X-Men Volume 2, 31 and 32. It's called Soul Possessions. And this is a direct sequel to uh, that Kanan story. It is. Um, and uh, this is almost, I, I, I want to say it's more of the revanche half of the story. Because, it is, yes. You know, the first story that we've already ranked was more about Psylocke kind of doing the detective work. And that's a that's a bit of a jumbled, confusing story. Um, this one is more, hey, what is what is Conan's side of the story? Yes, and that's why I love this story. Soul Possessions is my favorite 90s revanche story. I mean, obviously, there aren't that many of them. Yeah, there's I like was... three? Well, and the thing <laughs> is, they're always about Betsy. And that's mm-hmm. what's frustrating. is the Because in the story, and this is why I think it becomes complicated in the story. Betsy is victimized by these mm-hmm. people in mm-hmm. a way that is disgusting and profound and upends her entire life. And is a, a real violation of her agency, her body, her mind, all of this stuff. But because she's the main character in the story, she gets the better deal narratively. Kanon is the one who gets killed off so that Betsy can be a sexy Asian lady now. Right, right. And so there's a reason that over time the narrative starts to become like Betsy did something wrong or Betsy's like there is a there's a fan contingent now especially now that we've got them both where of people who are like oh fuck Betsy and I'm like well if you go back to the story though like it it really was not her fault. No. But it does vibe weird when only one of them gets to continue and it is specifically the white woman who's now in an Asian body. Totally. She's very comfortable just uh, just leaning into that. Yes. Well, that is, to be fair, I think a consistent character trait of Betsy's. Whenever yeah. there is an expectation placed on her, she leans into an archetype. That's how mm. she's most comfortable. She became a supermodel when she was like 17 and embraced that whole glamour thing then she was tapped to be a spy and she was like now i'm gonna be james bond then they asked her to be captain britain and she was like i am captain britain it went so (laughs) fucking badly that only a couple months later she got her eyeballs ripped out then she's trying to be like mysterious telepath and i'm gonna do this i'm gonna lead the x-men that also goes completely shitty for for what it's worth she she says in uh, in the Psylocke mini that we'll get to, there's a great bit where she says, I tried to save the X-Men and I paid for it um, because her choice to push them through the siege is what leads to all of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned the eyeballs because um, what's interesting is that up until the point of this story, I don't think that there had been any reference to the fact that uh, that Spiral 
had implanted these mojo eyeballs into Betsy in quite some time. Um, and this is really the, the arc where she finally admits to the team that those eyeballs were in that body. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously she wouldn't have to do that because, you know, of the, the body swap. Yeah, that was but, a freebie for her. That right. was a freebie, but now it's back. <laughs> and I mean, here's the thing. The reason Revanche as a character has stuck with me all this time is because... And I can't tell you how exciting it is that Kanon is back, is a real character, is a breakout character of this mm-hmm. era. Absolutely. You know, I, I, a war um, captain. Yeah, I mean, just the work that Zeb and Teeny in particular, and especially Zeb with Hellions every month, have done over the last year or so, I think has really been incredible. I'm just glad that they made the push. I'm glad Fallen Angels put her front and center. I wasn't super crazy about that book, but I think it got the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, that the 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 thing about revanche though that got me is what i think people are responding to about kanon now which is this sequence where you think she's going to kill professor xavier or like that's the splash page that you get but actually what she's doing is like hyping herself up to rip out her own eyeballs because she yeah. refuses to have these foreign objects in her skull and she doesn't want to die with like weird with like this white lady's weird robot eyes in her head, I think is just so great. The 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 image of Betsy holding her own eyeballs is like so it and, and the final costume that Revanche wears in this story with the blindfold, I think is a killer it's, superhero costume. Andy Hubert draws the heck out of it. It yeah. looks so good. Hubert's art in both of these issues is pretty fantastic. There is that one panel that, like what you were saying, uh, where Betsy is holding the eyeballs and they line up over Revanche's face with the mm-hmm. blindfold on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty fantastic. Um, another character who gets a lot of agency here in this part of this story is we uh, see Spiral. We yes. have not seen Spiral in quite some time up until this continuity. And, uh, It's interesting, you know, like shows up to essentially say that she's going to kind of explain what's going on. And the way Fabes writes the scene, of course, it turns to a fight scene. Um, It's still pretty damn confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the problem. So the backstory for this story, for people who are not super up on the mess that is this continuity snarl. I mean, Spiral literally refers to Revanche in this issue as a continuity glitch. Yeah. Yeah. which is not wrong not wrong (laughs) no and spiral's commenting from her madness which is meta theatrical i mean she's looking at it like it's a tv show and she's like the continuity here doesn't quite make sense i realize because fabian and he and i actually did get into this when he was on my show a little bit because i couldn't help myself fabian simply made a mistake because he was missing one issue and the thing about claremont was he would spread out his subplots over many issues and so he just missed the bit that suggests that betsy just had plastic surgery done to her to make her look asian yeah right so instead he came up with an idea where he was like well clearly it's someone else's body right so he comes up with the idea that there was a body swap and brings back the asian woman in the white body also i think and this is the thing. I think that character is more interesting conceptually. Definitely. The idea of this 
stealth assassin who wakes up in the body of a white British aristocrat who is a famous supermodel <laughs> and has to deal with that is to me much more compelling as like, what's that character's life going to be about? Or like, what's her story? Then a white woman who always wanted to be tough gets to be tough because now she's an Asian karate lady. Like that, I think, yeah. is the, the the messiness of that and why it was hard for me to continue to be like, Betsy's my favorite character. Because even as a kid, I could tell that like something felt off about sure. that. And as I get older, it only got, you know, more off. I think, I think that's, it's interesting that you grew up with British Betsy. Because mm-hmm. I think it's unusual for, lot, for people my age, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you and I are, I think you're just a couple of years older than me. Like I, I grew up with Psylocke has, dark purple hair and she wears a a one piece and she has swords and that's her deal. Yeah. She's the Boris Vallejo painting or the Joe Jesco painting. She's Marvel versus Capcom. She's that. (laughs) Yeah. It is a great design. Jim Lee did a good job on it. There's a reason they put Kanon back in it. And I know that not everybody likes that because it is like literally just a bathing suit. But I do think, I mean, I don't blasphemy. I know I hate rogues, Jim Lee costume and she's back in it again. Here's the thing. She's always going to be back in that outfit because it's the costume from the cartoon. And I have accepted that deep in my heart. If you were in X-Men versus Street Fighter or whatever, wearing the Jim Lee costume, you're we're never trapped. getting out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, thank God Storm managed to finally get away because the the white one with the X's on her boobs, I just it never quite <laughs> did it for me. I've, I have affection for it i don't think i like it no it's not i will say as we're recording the new look that russell daughterman just dropped i think is the best design she's maybe ever had pretty amazing i want to see it i want to see it in action in interiors i get what you're saying but i I like it i want to see how it it's a I, I don't have to draw it, so I don't care that it's well, that it's complex. Busy. It's busy. It there's did make a me lot. Think, yeah, there's a lot of detail to it, but uh, man, it's good. I think anyway. it's manageable. I think yeah, it's manageable. I think it's, Just I think from an it's, artistic standpoint, I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, I can see this in action. It has enough color blocking that I think the finicky yes. parts don't have to be super detailed every time nope. and we'll get what it... Anyway, point is, this is not a fashion design <laughs> podcast, but... Um, so, so the point is, this whole story is a retcon, which is right. why... Once he realized his mistake, he was like, shit, (laughs) I got to find a way to fix this. Also, I got to get rid of this other character because she's not supposed to exist. Like, this is all kind of a mess now. And editorial had decided that they wanted to keep Asian Betsy. Claremont's plan had been for that to last one arc, and then it was an illusion that would shatter, basically. Right. But it ended up lasting for 30 years until the third story that we're going to talk about today. Um, So this is a functional story. It's about getting rid of revanche. It's also about acknowledging that, Ooh, who's the real one? Like this is the real one. She's in the Asian body. This is the character we're moving on with. Who's Betsy Braddock. But the way it does it, I think, is really interesting because it is entirely about this character we are about to get rid of. Like, this is the one issue that's really about her. It's about her. The first issue is about her, and she, spoilers, I guess, dies because she... At the end, yeah. Yeah, she she says, I have the legacy virus. This is bad. I'm not not going out like this. I'm choosing my own fate. Uh, We also get some really great stuff with, uh, with Matsuo. 
Yeah, yeah. Matsuo Suriyama. Yeah. Yeah. He'd so been, he'd been a long time, like I guess five years now. He'd been an X Men Rogue, and well, so he disappears thing, after this. Like this is this is the last Matsuo Suriyama story for years. Yeah, because there's not much left to do with him. I think that what is interesting about this story is that the beat that it repeats is the Mariko Yoshida beat with Wolverine mm-hmm. and Matsuo is the one who poisons Mariko. Right. So essentially now Matsuo is forced to realize what a terrible thing he did to Logan because now he has to mercy kill his wife, so to speak, his lover, like the love of his life, etc. Um what I like about it though is I don't feel that it absolves him in any way. There's really Oh no, great, he's still a bad person. Like a really bad guy. He there's, is not good. Yeah, I mean there's a great bit b- shortly before she dies where you know Matsuo insists to Kanon that like at first he didn't realize that the minds had been switched because that was something Spiral did just like as a troll, which is mm-hmm. very funny. Honestly. It was a bit. Yeah, I mean the, <laughs> so the, the way bit. that the way all this gets waved off, by the way, that's like very it's it's a real don't worry about it. It's like Spiral's just like I did it for funsies. Mm-hmm. Why do they look alike? Because I altered their DNA. That's why they have the same scent, and Wolverine can't tell them apart. I just thought it would be fun. It all ties into. Fabian's recent retcon that Spiral is Ricochet Rita from the long shot mini. And so, yeah, that's when the retcon happens. So he ties it into the idea that she is bitter about what was done to her and is now doing it to other women, which is an interesting twist on that character. I do think that that retcon is really great for Spiral. Yeah, it works. The Spiral stuff is fun. I I think there's also some fun stuff in these two issues with uh, Gambit and Rogue. We're also starting to see the the blooming romance between Psylocke and Archangel. So Babes is juggling a lot of cool stuff here. The way that Archangel's transformation by Apocalypse and Betsy's Mm -hmm. transformation by the hand are set up in parallel here. This is why I was a diehard Betsy and Warren person as a kid, even (laughs) though I didn't love this era as much as the 80s stuff, because I I really did buy this relationship. The conversation they have at Kanon's grave, I think is really, really great Mm -hmm. Um, because it is a gift that Kanon gives her in the end. I, I guess we'll get there when we get to the end of it, but um, the other retcon that he does here that I think is very slick is in the initial story, it seems like Revanche is in on it with the bad guys. Right. And so there's a very quick aside here where it's like, oh no, Lord Nirin wrote a fake diary to yeah. trick me, <laughs> yeah. to make me believe I was Betsy Braddock because I was yeah. confused so that he, so that to keep me away from Matzo. It's complete, it's just like a one line, do not worry like, about this. Clean, it's, it's very nice. We gotta clean we this gotta up. Clean this up. It's just, we gotta clean this up. And I know it's my own story, but I got to clean this up right now. I asked Fabian on my show. I was like, so what was the initial intention? He was like, I think it's adorable that you care. <laughs> that was 35 years ago. And I do not remember. I thought that story was a piece of shit. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, great. You have Thanks. a very convincing Fabian ECS accent. I love him. We were just talking at New York Comic Con the other month or whatever. He's such a, he's truly a delight. He is. Um, and one that episode's day... a wild ride, though. It's just like me on like one of those mechanical bulls, <laughs> just like trying to make the episode run. Yeah. Uh, but so he, but the, the bit I was talking about that's really great is this is like shortly before she dies. Matsuo is like, oh, I didn't know the minds and switch. That was just Spiral, who was just like, she hates anybody in love. So she wanted to mess with me. But then 
all I wanted to do, all I was trying to do was to use Betsy's telepathy to restore your damaged brain. Right. And Conan is like, okay, but, but then when that's not what happened. You were okay with using my body. You were okay with the idea of being with her in my body without my soul. Yeah. So do you love me at all or do you mm -hmm. love an idea of who i should be that you want me to be and that scene i think is and that's why she's basically like you owe me one so now you're gonna kill me motherfucker basically <laughs> like she's like instead you put me in this other body and now it's dying of mutant aids so great right. thanks <laughs> so let's wrap this boyfriend up of the so that... year over here <laughs> yeah i think it's definitely better than uh than the first uh, Conan story that Faves writes. Um, so it'd probably be a good idea for us to rank this. Uh, Zach, we want to introduce our big old list. So we've got a big old list of all the X-Men stories of all time ranked. Uh, we have 585 stories on our road to 600. Uh, the number one X-Men story on the list is the House of X, the Powers of 10. Number 100 on our list is Wolverine slash Dupe. Number 200 on the list is X-Men, the manga, and I swear it's the good one, not any of the bad ones. It's the animated series, folks. You gotta That one's it's actually good. Pretty delightful. Uh, number 300 is Special Edition X-Men number one, the backup that is a surprise birthday party. Uh, number 400 is uh, all those Gene Nation plus Rogue and Iceman going on a road trip stories. That's a lot of different things. That's the weirdest selection of issue numbers. And I, I don't love go. that Rogue Road, Iceman Road Trip. The oh, Gene Nation fun. stuff, I don't love. Yeah, exactly. That, that's there the you problem. Go. It's, you it's, it. it's 50% <laughs> of it. Yeah. <laughs> Number 500 on our list is Marvel Fanfare 33, the video game tie-in for Okay, Quest well, Probe. this is undeniably better than that. I would also say it's better <laughs> overall than the Gene Nation situation. I agree with I agree with both of those. Uh, everyone, just for the record, uh, the Draco is still at the bottom. Still at the bottom. Still at the bottom. Uh, well, we, we do have, have yeah. Where is where is Conan at three forty six? Forty six. That so, is X Men twenty through twenty three, the first Conan arc. Yeah, this yeah. is better than that. So I agree. Nowhere in the top three fifty here. Um, how high did you want to go, Zach? I'm thinking. Uh, I. I don't know if this is better than uh, the Zeb Wells Necrotia New Mutants arc with the return of Doug and the Hellions. Um, it is not. That's at two ninety two because I think I think this story. Oh, I think you ranked that low, but that's well. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I no I notoriously hate the part where Doug says everything is language and you are my language. Oh, I hate that part too, but everything else about that arc is a one thousand percent banger. <laughs> I do think this is better than at 305. We have um, the, the trial of Gambit. Trial of Gambit. This is uh, unquestionably better than the trial think, of Gambit. So we know we're in between. Uh, we're right around 300. So are we better than special edition X-Men number one, the Kitty Pride happy birthday, sort of like a tour of uh, I think it. I think it is. There's a lot of like pathos and stuff in this. Sure. <laughs> I do think this is on par with uh, X-Men Volume 2, number 27, um, which is the Sinister Threnody Beast uh, Oh, yeah. Issue. This is about... I love Threnody. This is about... We're, this is about, about that. the same. It's right sure. there. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's just slot it in between those two, because that's right between uh, the Hellion story. 
I think Basically, that's I'm just like, this is one of those early 90s stories that I think is pretty freaking good. Yeah. And so all the stuff new... around the wedding is pretty good comics. I think yeah. pretty much everything Nisiesa did. Like, I mean, I don't love the externals, but for the most part, I think that Nisiesa X-Force is good. I think that love most it. of the stuff he does on X-Men is good. Um, I, I really, if I were to pick a writer of the early 90s on these books, I think he's the one who gives you the most bang for your buck. I would agree. I, I tend to like Nicieza a lot. He does, every time he's writing X-Force, have to choose between two buttons, one of which says really fun teen drama, and the other one says externals. Yeah. And he presses externals <laughs> one too many a lot, times. A lot. No, I get that. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> No, the best the best thing Jeff Loeb ever did besides Gilda Dent was just have Celine eat all those guys in one issue. I mean, that was <laughs> smart decision. It's, right. it's very good that she said, "Hey, all that cannibal stuff that was a joke." That was, that a, joke. was a joke. Ask Cable why he lied because I don't know. We haven't come up with an answer yet. TBD, no and then no one ever did. And you know what? Fine. I love that for us. I still think we're about to get to a story with. Allison Blair in it. So my I do think that Dazzler is the eleventh external and that's the resolution to that Dazzler Ooh, can't die. Oh the weird the weird thing Claremont did where she couldn't die for a yeah. second. Because yeah. Dazzler is because hope is like the idea of like joy and hope being the last one. Like mm. she's Dazzler. She gives idea. everybody hope. She's a, like a bright light. She's a beacon. Anyway, just a thought. Free idea to Marvel or hire <laughs> me to write it. Whatever. <laughs> I love that. All right, so we're going to fast forward now from the 90s to Oh, I want to, I actually, I'm sorry, before oh. we move on, because you know my yeah. show is like five hours, so I'm trying to keep, hold do. myself. I'm trying to keep myself like we, to a, to a we, reasonable place. We, we we knew what we were signing up for. I know you we knew. I plan just, going into this. I do, I do have four pages of notes, and I just need to very quickly go through. <laughs> I'm not going to go through all my notes, but there's one thing I think is really important, which is that throughout this story, um, when we get the flashbacks of Matsuo and Kanon's relationship when they were together, um, first of all, this is literally the reason why Fallen Angels didn't quite work for me is because I don't think that the backstory they give Conan in that book Fits matches in. at yeah. all with the backstory here. And mm. as the one revanche fan like on Earth, I was attached to this backstory. So that was my complaint about Fallen Angels for the most part. But the big thing here is that Matsuo calls her Butterfly long yes. before any of this body swap stuff happens. That is his nickname for her. And she hates it because she insists that she's a hawk. She's mm -hmm. not a butterfly. Mm -hmm. And then when we see Betsy and Conan's body in the danger room and Warren uses a hologram of oh, his old he's a hawk self. Man. <laughs> and Warren uses a hologram of his old self to like, then step in and be his blue self and be like, but see Betsy, we're not so different. You know, like we've both been transformed. And he says to her that she's trying to be a hawk. Yeah. So there is this symbolism of Betsy and Con there is this idea that they were always destined to cross paths in this way. And the Siege Perilous is magical, right? Like, the, why did Kanon have this recurring motif with her boyfriend about a butterfly? This is just, I, I'm putting this out here because butterfly discourse was such a thing in the early part of the Krakoa era. We said we weren't going to do this. We, but I, we I know, but I'm saying, I'm saying that's something I don't dislike about Fallen Angels is the idea that Kanon also gets to claim the butterfly. I think that it's been part of her character intrinsically just as long as it's been part of, as, just as long as the psychic nice and part of Betsy's like ever since they were merged together, it's been I, both of them. But I anyway. Think that's a, I think that's an interesting approach to being like, hey, 
This is her choosing a different path. This is yeah. This is who she is now that she has a second chance. She's no. decided maybe I can be a butterfly. Maybe I don't have to be a hawk, and that is literally what she's doing. At the same time that Betsy is trying to reject being Psylocke because it has so much baggage for her, and she wants to try something else. I just think it's I don't know. It's I just think it's good. I just love this stuff so much. We can <laughs> well, move on now. I just it is I, important I, that you brought all that up, Connor, though, because yeah, the, the second story we're talking about. That is uh, from 2009, Chris Yost and uh, Harvey Tolabao. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm getting mixed up with the font here. Um, and this is the Psylocke mini from uh, from 2009. This and, is... Uh, this is... Go ahead. Right after Psylocke comes back after being lost doing new Excalibur X. Siles. I'll have to correct you. It was X-Men Die by the Sword and the New Exiles. It oh, was, they're the same thing. It was not. Well, no, New Excalibur was a different book. That New, was Excal- New Excalibur goes into Die by the Sword. It's, yes, we're, talk, we're, talk, we're talking about Claremont's weird late it's all 2000s bad. stuff. It's, this, <laughs> it's, it's the Sage period. And I love Sage, but this is not. This It's the Diana Fox period, yes. I guess, is more how yes, I would put yes, it. Yes, yes. Um, so the, like, but so yes, this is coming right off of Sisterhood, the Matt Fraction, Greg sis- Landark. Sisterhood, a comic that I bought the first issue in a comic shop and said, I probably don't need to come back and get into comics yet. I'm going to give it a couple of years. Until <laughs> Inhumans versus X-Men dropped, I had Oof. never been as offended in my life as my a fan of this franchise and these characters than I was by the Sisterhood arc. It manages... Arc. To, I mean, listen, my my love for the ladies' mastermind has carried me through a reread of it at this point because they're a lot of fun in it. But good lord, there, yeah. Well, if you're me, and at this point, I think like everyone who knows is on X Men online fandom, whatever, yeah. knows that Madeline Pryor is my girl. You you like Madeline Pryor? Yeah, I know. Nobody knows that about wow. me. What I'm Never saying is what a, the what a way. Poll. The way that this arc vilifies her, makes her a rapist, does all kinds of really the insane worst. stuff. I can't tell. Fraction, then in an interview, is like, oh, that isn't Madeline. It's the evil gene from the end of X-Man. And I'm like, first of all, how dare you make me remember the end of X-Man? <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> I don't get there because Zach is joining me for a Christmas episode all about X-Man. But first of all, how dare you? Second of all, that's great. Why don't you say that in the comic? Because you can infer it, but until we do say it in the comic, you're just assassinating this woman's character even more. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But the other thing was, it was sold to us as Psylocke is getting the body swap undone. And I was overjoyed. And it happens for two seconds. And then she's evil and Dazzler blows her face off and they re-body swap her Asian again. And I was like, they for had the- a chance. They had- for they God's had sake. Could have happened. It, it, so it, this story follows up on that because- by destroying the original body so that they, no one can ever put her back into it. <laughs> they literally drive a stake through the idea of they, ever doing it. They explode Revanche's body just so anybody is under, in case anybody was hoping that Betsy wasn't going to be Japanese forever, set that aside. And then it puts us through. Uh, here's the thing. I, I don't I don't mind the script in this story at all. Um, I think that the art also is often lovely to look at. It is, however, Ninja Psylocke art at its most cheesecakey. There's an incredible yeah. kind of I'm moment where fan. she's like, Matsu Suriyaba's going to die. But it's like, an, can I say, last time I was on this show, 
I was not allowed to say a word for boobs that starts with a T. Can I say a word <laughs> for a donkey that starts with an A? Or is that going to get bleeped out of your podcast? We won't censor. Okay. You, go ahead, you say it. It was like, it's hard to talk about Ninja Psylocke without talking about the TNA factor. For sure. Uh, with this character, which is part of, again, like the racial weirdness of this mm-hmm. whole thing is like this demure English noblewoman. Now she's in a thong because she's a sexy dragon lady archetype and that's like part of what's so weird about this story what i like about this story is that it makes an effort to have betsy think about how weird that is think about how fucked up it is that she is in someone else's body and what her relationship to that is but unfortunately it ends with and yes this is who i am now a lady in this body which is like not the result i want it's also Weird for me looking at the main characters. So what happens? Psylocke is going to bury Revanche's body. Yep. She said, "Because the sisterhood it, dug it up, so it's like, it was, don't worry about it." You that story was back. back. Yeah. You got to go put the body back. That's fair. Uh, the hand attack and blow up her body mm-hmm. and say, "This is from Matsuo Suryaba, who we haven't seen in like twenty years. I don't think since Soul Possessions. There was there was apparently one story where he shows up, and it's like not even an X Men story, so it doesn't even count. Oh well, then guess what? Not canon to me. Very. Yes, <laughs> I'm kidding. That's people. That's the Avengers fans are going to yell at me. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Listen, in this in this case, it's almost assuredly someone who said, "Oh, what's that guy? I remember him from that from my Axe Avengers. Let's use him. We need a new yeah. guy." Uh, and then five years after the movie comes out, Psylocke says, "Oh, well, now I have to do a Kill Bill." <laughs> yes, I mean it's a story's called Kill Matsuo, which yeah, made right. me laugh when it came out. I was like, "Okay, that's cute." And but, it doesn't rhyme though. Psylocke... That's the point of Kill Bill. But Psylocke is not allowed to kill Matsuo because the competing thing here is, as you mentioned before, that Matsuo was the one uh, who killed Mariko. So right, with the blow, blowfish and And this is my core issue with this. I, I realize there's a lot of weird stuff with the Psylocke character, but the reveal here is that like basically Wolverine keeps he's pulling a saber tooth. He keeps mm-hmm. revisiting Matsuo and like chopping pieces off of him slowly, but surely to turn Once him into a, year like, and a living him alive. Zombie. Yeah. It seems very out of character for Wolverine to be this sadistic. You know, I recognize that this is like the love of his life, but the Wolverine I know would have just gone and killed this dude. And the fact that he's not only willing to do this on an annual basis, this weird like horror movie kind of thing going on here, but is willing to fight Psylocke to like the death over it. Yeah, it just doesn't ring true. And I know that Yost, I've complimented Kyle and Yost uh, both for the way in which they do action in their stories. Mm -hmm. They're very, very talented at pushing action to to the forefront. And there's some really fun stuff in here. I think uh, if I'm going to compliment the artwork, um, the stuff that works the best is the action sequences. (laughs) But at the end of the day, the the core conflict of this story in this uh, miniseries just, it does not work for me. It's it's a mini series where all of the characters have are motivated motivated by a fridging. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, that, so that's so yeah, is and right. New character Jin who shows up and he says, yeah. "I have fire flowers." Also, my wife was murdered. So I made a note about that because the character Jin is a cool character, like conceptually. That's sure. like I wouldn't be. We I was just talking on. Um, 
uh, Khalid Anas was on my show to talk about Surya Kadir. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we, yeah, and we were talking about how there are very few male Muslim characters at Marvel Comics. And it would be nice to see more of them. And this guy's cool. <laughs> Unfortunately, he the backstory here, and this is where I do think I, I also I tend to like Kyle and Yost, I think, more than I don't like Kyle and Yost mm-hmm. in this period. Uh, I'm never going to be an X-Force guy is the thing. Like Wolverine's definitely in his X-Force garb here and is like in X-Force Yo- mode. Yost yeah. writes a very bloody Wolverine. Dark yes. Wolverine, yeah. Yes. I think that where they are at their most excessive is in things like this. Like... Not only is it this new character, we have to watch his wife get murdered, but she was pregnant. It's like, it's taking it yeah, to that- a... Well, and it's also a Muslim character who, like, makes things explode. You that- know? Like, th- it's a I, very I weird kind saying. of post-9-11 that- kind of thing that just does not that's sit also- right with me. That's also an issue with Dust, who explodes mm-hmm. into sand, no less. Yeah. But... The in this case, because the jinn is such an important Muslim folkloric character and he is a magical character, Psylocke says that explicitly that he's yeah. not a mutant. I think to me, he's like maybe like a cool Sufi mystic, and I think you could do stuff with that that would be interesting. Sure. It's mm-hmm. like fire, it's not, it, it does, ex- he does explode things. I get what you're saying. It's not, it's odd though. This is an odd character, and I what I said about it that annoyed me was. I would have preferred... So here's what I really like about this story. I do think that Kyle and Yost have a tendency sometimes to go, especially in this era, and this is a problem of the aughts, I think, generally, Mm -hmm. to go over the top with the uh, violence against women and, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the sexualized violence. Like, we talked about... And that's not unique to them in this era. They are just the X-Men example. I think Thierry Weapon X is the okay, worst. Okay, yes, one. also, but we we, we but like not to talk about. We him don't as right. possible. Uh, we have to do that. I've heard he's a nice guy. I do not like that book. Um, uh, what not I'll right say now. is the uh, in the in this case, I, I think that for example, last time I was on the show, we talked about Mercury Falling, which I quite liked. I hadn't read that story before, the Academy X story, and. What I didn't like about it was the way that Mercury was constantly nude and being kind of sexually cheesecakely tortured in like right. a tube. And so I, I do, th- and like similarly, like what happens to Wallflower to me is like a little much. There's a couple cases like that where it seems a little much to me. However, this is a story where I think that that sensibility really works because what this story does is establish explicitly that Matsuo raped Betsy repeatedly when she was brainwashed into being Lady Mandarin. And it is Mm. something that is there in the original story. It's very much implied. But this story is about Betsy thinking about the fact that she was brainwashed, not just to believe she was this powerful assassin, but also brainwashed into loving this man who she'd never met and who had violated her already in various ways. And, I mean, there's an incredible line when she goes to actually kill him. And she says... "Um." You don't get to thank me. Uh, no, before that, I'm sorry. I have a. It's okay. Oh God! It's. She says, "You took me, body mm. and soul, and I still and 
And still I forgave you. Despite everything you did, I let you live. And now I understand my mistake. And I think that what she does here when she kills him and she lets him see her as Kanon in that moment, Kanon means mercy. Fallen mm-hmm. Angels does pull that out in a way that I think is really good. Kanon is the goddess of mercy, the Bodhisattva Guan Yin. What Betsy realizes in this story is what Kanon tried to teach her in Soul Possessions. I mean, she says to Warren at the end of that story that Kanon has made her a better person by giving her that final gift as she died of wiping everything from Betsy's mind that wasn't Betsy so that now Betsy has to face who Betsy is. And what Betsy realizes here, and this is why I like the dark Wolverine here, is Wolverine knew Betsy before the body swap. And Wolverine says, you've always been bloodthirsty. He knows her. He remembers when Betsy was in her silk chiffon outfit and still the first person who was ready to kill right more ready than he was really at a moment's notice a lot of the time she was like well maybe they have to die he knows that about her and i like the way it's set up at the beginning with her basically teaching these kids like oh you're being merciful that's a weird choice and at the end she realizes the value in mercy but at the same time it allows her to claim ownership of her body and the, the problem here is that it's Kanon's body right but it, it does because at this time it seemed like they were never going to undo that what it is is her saying you put me in this body and then you sexually violated this body and made me do that and I am angry at you and I'm allowed to be really angry at you and I'm still going to give you I am going to be merciful with you because that is what she would have wanted. Yeah. I think there are a lot of conceptual ideas here that are really great. I'm not sure it works. Yeah. I'm not sure it gets executed the way that the ideal way. There's just so many pieces in here. I like, I love that splash page where it's half her as the blonde charter pilot when she was 19 and half her as, ninja psylocke like there are so many good little moments in this but i do think that overall the art is too lurid and it's too like sinewy like it's all about just like draws well and sensuous like she's always doing a butt pose like always and we've run into this with other stuff like crimson dawn where it's just this contortionist that crimson dawn i I mean like joe mad is a brilliant artist but everything he does with psylocke in that period i'm just like i don't want to look at this like it's just you (laughs) know you're a pretzel you're not a person born um, um and I and there's a time and a place and it's not my X-Men comic. Yeah. I think that where I fall on this is that the the, pro- the core problem is the Jin storyline doesn't work. It needed to be if there was going to be a parallel character it needed to be someone who Matsuo also violated in a similar way. Mm-hmm. It needed to not be just like I killed your wife like it doesn't it doesn't fit. Yeah. Well we don't if, have we don't have revenge. And we don't and we don't, yeah, and we don't <laughs> so, care about this guy because he's a new character. Yeah, right. And he never interacts with Wolverine, who's the one whose wife Matsuo killed. So the parallel yes. between Jin and Betsy doesn't work for me. I no. do like that he says to her at the end, like, I will never forgive you for entering my mind, but you did show me the truth, which I appreciate. Bye. But just to make it clear, like, <laughs> Betsy, the way you just hop in people's heads like that is really fucked up. Like, you can't. You gotta stop doing do that, girl. That. <laughs> gotta stop. And I do think that this is a really great bit of, like, here's, because my biggest problem with Ninja Betsy, apart from, like, all of the trappings of it that are fucked up, is, like, 
I always felt like once she was a sex ninja, it was like, okay, and there's not a thought in that pretty head. Like, apart from Psy War, where we get some introspection in her, like, fight with the Shadow King and all of that, she's she really, really much more of an object. Does she? Wow. No. Like, she doesn't, you know, like, she just doesn't have her own plot. Yeah. And so that's what I found when this came out really refreshing about it. But I don't think the art fits. And I think the art does a disservice to the script, actually. And I also think that the Wolverine plot, as you're pointing out, it stretches credulity. I buy him doing this to Matsuo. I do. But when he's like, and I'll fucking kill you now, Betsy, like that, I don't buy at yeah. all. It's Wolverine has been known to kill to threaten to kill people for very dumb things, including he has, his friends. He has, but we don't talk about that Rachel storyline because the follow-up got canceled. So there was, it just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, so I, do you like, do you like this better or worse than the original Kanan uh, story? Uh, the X-Men 20 through 23. No, that's better. That's better. That's better. I mean, it's got the Qbert art and uh, the know. art is just so gorgeous. It's yeah, better. I think it's much Revanche better. has that incredible perm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I would go my I would go lower. Um in fact, I I'm looking hey, down. How do you feel about it? <laughs> how do you feel about it compared to uh Uncanny X-Men uh 209 7 through 209 that time that the X-Men had to fight the Hellfire Club that had to fight Nimrod after Wolverine uh tried to kill Rachel uh, for trying I, to kill I, Have you heard my Celine episode? Uh no Connor that's 4 hours long I have not listened to that one yet. Yeah, uh, um I'm I'm not saying you you have to but eventually I, do, I will get to it. It's I very do, long. I do oh I know. I'm sorry. I'm trying. I'm trying it's, to cut them it's 4 I'm hours trying. about Celine and I only have like I've got like two of Celine in It's Max. fun though. That's the point. I'm <laughs> yeah, going to I'm going to make straight. it like that's the uh, thing. It's fair, it's so fair. All I'm saying it, is I appreciate it. All I'm saying is Alex and I reenact that sequence and I think it's a hoot and a half. Um, I love that story. I actually do. Even with Wolverine gutting Rachel for no good reason. I actually think that story is great. I, I like that one better as well. Uh, it's got my JRJR stuff in there. It does have that it's good got that great it's central peak park JRJR to me is that period. I, I, I go to bat for the Nascenti, uh, Daredevil, Daredevil. Yeah. Oh, that's that's the same period of time. Okay, though, sure. Yeah. Like like late eighties JRJR is just like that's fair. Uh, Adam, how do you feel about actually? Let's look. How do you feel about this compared to uh, X Force twenty nine and thirty? Adam X the Extreme is back, and things have never been deadlier. This is better than that. I think we're better than that. I think I'm moving up. I think we're better than No More Humans. Um, we are better than No More Humans. I don't know. I mean, this is notoriously ranked low, but I do not like this as much as the New Mutant Summer special. Um, oh, wait, where did you rank that? Listen, so listen, low. listen. It was like the first time me and Adam had no, ever talked. No, you got to do one of those pitchfork things where yeah. they renumber them because yeah. that's fucked up, you guys. <laughs> Again. <laughs> super low. Me now. No, agrees. so we can't we can't use that as a marker because that's no. that's an outlier. That's Spider Georg on your list. Hunter. Like that should not no, you this that, that one that one's far too low. Uh, this is better than Monet Vampire Hunter, I think. This is, is. strangely on par with uh, Dakin thirteen to fifteen Moonwalk. Oh, the Moon Knight one. Yeah, I I think this might be better though. I think this is better than that. Is this better than uh, the first uh, arc of Bun Candy X Men where they blow up Genosha again? Yes. Mm, yep. Yep. We're getting close. Is it better than X Core? 
the uncanny the banshee arc yes no. no i love that arc <laughs> Good, good. It's a really stupid arc, but it's a lot of fun. Good. We're, we've got we've we've got just We're two so more close. to figure out. That then. features a lady mastermind, which to me is always a plus ten. Is that that's when Chris Claremont didn't know that there was a second lady mastermind that's, already? No. So Chris, so it was there wasn't. So that story right. is Joe Joe Casey put Martinique right. in his story. Claremont put Martinique in his script for Extreme, and the editor was like, "Wait, we already let Joe use that character." And so Chris was like, "Well, I'm just going to make another one," and that's why now we have two Love of them, that and that is iconic. So for me, the X Corps arc is important. Uh, I also love Mystique, just like infiltrating X-Core and killing people. It's super Great. funny. It's, Banshee it's looks good. really hot. He's gone fash, unfortunately, in that story, but... He was... Go- listen... He was going, he was through, going it. through it. Moira got murdered, allegedly. He was drinking. It was a whole thing. He was back on the bottle in a bad way. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, How do we he- feel about... Right below that is Generation X uh, 60 through 61 Christmas Fear. This is better than that. I think it's better than that. Okay, so, then it's right between those two. Perfect. It's our new 385. Yeah, that works for me. Good. And we got one left here, folks. And uh, this one is um, a more modern story. This is uh, from right before Krakoa. And uh, if you 2018, remember, baby. Yeah, if you remember, Wolverine died. That was a big uh, publishing thing. Death of Wolverine. And... Uh, in the hunt for Wolverine, there was a variety of different miniseries that came out of that. One of which is what we're going to talk about, Mystery in Madripoor. Yeah, it's written by Jim Zub with pencils by uh, Tony Silas. I, uh, yeah, the dream sequences are in for Leonard Kirk, I, or like the inside of Sapphire Styx's like soul space or whatever. I uh, really love those, and I like when an artist, when when multiple artists are used on an issue to do things like that. I think that's always really cute. Anyway, to preface, um, I am gay, as you just noted that you are straight. When I asked if you had see- listened to my Celine episode extravaganza yet, sure. uh, this is a banger to me because it's just like all of these ex ladies out on the town in Madripoor dressed in chic outfits, going to the casino, beating up guys. Like this is frankly what I want to read. And then it ended with the thing I'd been praying for since I was like two years old. So when this came out, this was like the best X-Men comic I'd read in like 20 years. I was like, this is it, baby. Um, so I'm just saying, I'm going to probably rank this a little higher than it deserves to rank. So you'll ha- you, I, 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 that's just my preference. Oh, I can, I can, I can be, I can be a stick in the mud. That's easy. Well, here's the deal with this. Cause, cause you're absolutely right, Connor, that this is like fashion central. Right? It's a great this concept. Is, this I, is, I do love the concept here. Yeah. This is ladies night, right? We're it is. It's a ladies night issue from the eighties, which is also is. a Betsy story. Yeah. 100%. So Betsy and Storm and on. Allie and Rogue. Yeah, where I think this breaks down is we got we got two issues here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one, I think Zach and I mentioned this before we even went on air, is that all of the villains in this particular story are un- we don't know who they are, and they all look like the heroes. Very and I know that's on- chosen to yes, be mirrors of the heroes. There's a very confusing choice here, and I don't know if she's a pre-existing character, but creating this new character who's a black woman with white hair wearing a yellow jacket in a scene where storm is wearing a yellow jacket is somewhat confusing as a design choice. Dude, these are, these are 
Eric Larson 90s Spider-Man villains. So I remembered, um, or no, maybe not, because she's not Coach Whip. She's something else. She was Whiplash. Yeah, Whiplash, and she um, changes her name here to... S- Snake Whip, which is terrible. I'm assuming... Oh, because they already have a Whiplash. Have... There was another Whiplash character, yeah. They have, yeah. They have Whiplash, yeah. So... I didn't recognize any of them besides Viper, obviously, who's great. I liked um, Mind Blast. I thought she was fun. I oh, like the black she... the black brain uh, telepath. The one got? who looks like Silabel and like yep. No Girl on the astral plane, which is a bit from New Mutants that I'm like pew pew. Um, I like an exposed brain gal who thinks she's hot and knows she's hot and is gonna sit in Magneto's lap and fuck with his brain. Who among us? Like, I get it. That's funny to me. <laughs> I found, I, I like an evil telepath though. Generally, I was kind of like this chicken stay around. I like her. I dig it. I dig it. Um, the rest of them are completely unremarkable. I actually don't remember any of their names. The one, so there's the one who looks like Storm and then there's one who literally, Domino comments on this, looks exactly like Domino and fights yeah. Domino. Because they are already pre-existing characters, I understand the impulse to be like, Look at this. They're <laughs> all the fun, same. Right. But the, the challenge for me comes from two factors on the design. One, like you're saying, everyone is out in like sh- fancy casino wear. So they're out of their normal. Right. They're costumes. not in their costumes. And Tony Silas draws everybody with the same body type. There is a, and it's a weird body type. Tony I would say the villain, the villain who looks like Storm, she's kind of more buff. She has almost like a, yeah. you know, like an Amazonian kind of She-Hulk villain kind of build. The, but the, the rest of them is, are all very much the same. Yeah, for sure. The issue with a lot of them is height. You know, like Jubilee, mm. same height as like Storm. Well, it's if weird. I can't tell Jubilee and Kitty and Domino apart in a yeah. broad shot, that's kind of an issue. Also, yeah. Kitty is in her peak X-Men gold era. Like, yes. I want to speak to the manager <laughs> in this story. Oh, yeah. And I Listen. find her intolerable in that period. She's very so, irritating. Mark Guggenheim had very specific ideas of Kitty Pride, And you know what? I, and I they're just not mine. They're just simply yep. not my ideas no. of, of who that character is. Um, the, the one thing, the one thing I will say on art, because this is uh, when this story was initially solicited, uh, Chris Boschelo was going to be drawing. Yeah. The whole thing. Interesting. Uh, he had, he had some personal issues that he had to take some time off. Uh, um, so I, I do have sympathy because I know because this had to keep a schedule and be in that, uh, it was probably the, rushed as hell. The, yeah. the, the art team was doing doing their darndest just to get things through. So I I understand, and I I have actually I ran into some other stuff by Silas uh, this last uh, yeah I like his week. stuff generally. It's and I was like okay yeah I just have a bad taste from this one story. That's fine. Fair enough. I. I, I don't know. I liked it. I think it fits the Madripoor Knights vibe to it. I, it really is. The villains are throwaway, but it's not really about them. So I don't really mind that as much. I think if I had my choice with this, because um, I, I want to be clear, I think the art is actually pretty solid. Um, I have my misgivings about, you know, the the doppelganger type thing or or, you know, some of the character silhouettes, whatever. But the one thing that's, interesting here is really it's only the fourth issue that matters yes um now uh, i fact, was not reading when it, when it was Hunter first coming Wolf. out i'm yeah. sorry no when you're first, probably gonna say I, the I was same talking thing about I was. when it first came out i only read issue four yeah, because i saw the dodson cover with 
Betsy back in the revanche body. And I was like, I'm buying that. And then I went back and bought the first three so that I knew what was going on. But yeah. I did jump I, in with number four and I didn't need to know no. what had happened in the first three to enjoy Here's, number four. Exactly that, what I was saying. That's say. a that's a that's a issue with Hunt for Wolverine as a entire uh series is that uh there are 18 issues of it and maybe four three of them are important yeah. yeah i'm not a i'm not a huge hunt for wolverine fan overall this one for obvious reasons has a soft spot in my heart um you know i particularly like some of the details here oh it's bloodlust is the name of the domino looking one because there is a great bit where domino is just like listen bloodlust i get it i'm a <laughs> 90s girl too and i thought that yeah. was funny um I also, there's a couple cheeky bits in this that I really like. I like when Mind Blast is teasing Magneto, like, experts on mutant power levels are always arguing over whether or not you're an Omega-level Omega. mutant, are you? Because I fucking hate Omega Disc. Oh, I'm sorry. I just swore on your podcast. I God, you've been doing this the whole time. It's fine. We're have gonna I? We're going to figure it out. Oh, there's going to yeah. be so many. Connor, it's fine. Oh, I'm going to put I'm a sorry. little. <laughs> just keep going. Um, we'll figure it out. My favorite bit in this, though, is actually in one of the earlier issues. There's a moment where Jim Zub is fully in his Chris Claremont bag, which is when Betsy is about to pull out the focused totality of her psychic power, and she says it, and then she is surprised from behind by a lesbian soul vampire. There has <laughs> never been a more Chris Claremont scene written by a non-Chris Claremont person than, <laughs> you are no match for the focused totality of my psychic power! And there's a, a sexy vampire dame behind her going your life force is exquisite betsy yeah. braddock like i can't argue very, with that that's listen, you're right that is classic and i love it i also this is something i was just talking to rob secundus about but there's a throwaway bit here i do like the framing device of like we see how all of these women have like all of their relationships with wolverine and why he was important to them mm -hmm. because yes. i do think wolverine's relationships with the female characters are the most interesting things about wolverine generally speaking he has these really interesting relationships with storm with jubilee with kitty with betsy which has mm -hmm. been under soul before but particularly in light of the last one we just read right. it was nice to see like this is why they like each other you know what i mean um, but there's a moment where Wolverine, where Logan refers to Betsy as English Catholic. And I've looked around and I didn't find anything before this that would suggest that, but I love it because it is Braddock Cannon. And this is a deep dive into Braddock Cannon, this, this story. I mean, when she's listing off the people who've manipulated her in the past to Jubilee, she says, Dr. Sin, the strike division, that's yep. Captain Britain shit. Like Dr. Sin is not even alan moore captain britain that's 70s captain britain that nobody cares about that's the guy who nobody. possessed her in 1970 whatever so you know this is this is some deep dive stuff but one of the things about the braddocks is that while they are aristocracy all of the other nobility in england looks down on them and a great explanation for why that would be is if they are catholic recusants which is something that is tricky when the church of england is in charge of the aristocracy right okay, so yes they they are also fairy people but that's why <laughs> i like it because it it it's something real world that could allegorically be like and also they're pagan fairy people because that's what the anglicans think about catholics right so like that works for me i don't know i thought that was a cute bit um there's just lots of little bits here that i really like i like that once bessie comes back in her original body that she's recreated first of all making the purple natural brilliant choice thank god we don't have to worry about that anymore but also the fact that 
the way she disables the villains like Viper's gang is she starts using all of her classic tricks from the eighties that I love mm-hmm. where it's like, oops, that's not where Psylocke's actually standing or like, uh Oh, I made you blind or like things like that, <laughs> as opposed to the focused totality of her psychic power. And then at the end, when we see Kanon, she's using the knife. And I really like right. that because it sets up so well I think where we are now with these characters where 90s Psylocke is super popular and should exist and should be an important X-Man, but she should be Kanon. That's her body. Like she should get to do the thing. If, if Krakoa did nothing else, it's solidified. Now we have two of them and it's fine. We have two of them. It's great. great. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, for, I remember when we, when we interviewed him that, you know, his big thing was if I'm going to write a mini, I want there to be something consequential to happen in that mini and uh, props to him for pulling this one off. Yeah. Uh, I I, think the fourth issue rocks. I think the first three are duds. I think it's very funny that even, you know, no matter how you kind of slice it, she did just take over somebody else's body. Oh, Sapphire sticks is, but guess what? Sapphire sticks sucks. So who cares? Also, she also, to be fair, what she actually did was she made Sapphire Sticks explode and then used the atoms to, the energy to reconstitute a new body. So it's not actually Sapphire Sticks's body. And Sapphire yes. Sticks, and Sapphire Sticks took all that energy from other people. So really, all, this, is just, I'm saying, this is like wealth redistribution on some all level. All I'm saying you know I mean? is that there was, there was a body there and then Betsy did a thing, and now there's a different well, body Betsy in its loves, hers. Betsy loves a moment of exploding out of her own body. I mean, we just saw all of that on in the Krakoa era, and Conan eventually just being like, you need to chill out and just come do your job, okay? This is a little much. The histrionics. <laughs> I think that, and that's what I love about these two. I think they're really interesting characters. And that's what Revanche does way back in Soul Possessions, is be like, Betsy... I, this is no longer my problem, all this stuff going on with you, but you better figure it out because you're a crazy person. Absolutely. <laughs> so we have we have some mixed feelings about this one. I think it's a it's an interesting one. I still think soul possession is better. I would agree. I would agree. Um, we have another hunt. For, we have another hunt for Wolverine on here. Where is that? I think this is better than all the other hunts for Wolverine that I've read. Uh, uh, I can't uh, remember if all- I've read them all. One of them has RB Silva art and a okay, story that sure. I don't care for. Uh, the the only one we have on this list is Weapon Lost, which is the one where Cypher's... That's the Cypher one? I hate that one. Listen, whom amongst us? Uh, and no disrespect to anybody who worked on it, but it's not... Here's my thing. After they brought Cypher back, as you pointed out, they made a couple different attempts, like how do we make Cypher cool? And none of them especially worked for me until what we've done on Krakoa. Yeah, where they said, how about Cypher just does Cypher things? Yeah, and it's fun. And it's like, thank you. That's all we needed, let him, right? Let him, hang, let him hang out with a weird friend. Mm-hmm. And that's all, you, that's all we really Give need. Give him a big Cypher. wife. Yeah, I... Uh, oh, yeah, I, got married! Yeah! Man. The big wife is key. Making him a wife guy... I mean, I, there are a few characters you can't improve by making... This is why I need black tom to finally make kane an honest woman <laughs> we were gonna... just talking about that with uh with ben. i oh were you good because <laughs> i listen fabian said that it was his intention i just feel like if you're if, if these key important writers are like yeah of course that's the story then we should just lean into it just and do I, it. that's 
That's my opinion. And if Disney wants to talk to me about it, I'll prepare a PowerPoint. <laughs> I oh. think I think this is better. So I think this, this is, is better, better than, than Weapon Lost. Lost. I agree. Uh, Adam weapon lost or Connor. That's at four seventeen. That's the cipher one. This is better than that. How do you feel about this compared to Daydreamers? Um, I think this is better. It's more consequential. Yeah. I don't really have a strong opinion on Daydreamers, honestly. Daydreamers is just kind of I like, like Daydreamers fully... better in concept. Yeah. I mean, this, I, I, I no, mean... I like, I like the concept of Daydreamers better than I like the execution of Daydreamers because I like the idea that Man-Thing and Franklin Richards and Artie and Leech are going on an uh, adventure. This is a, this is a, again, like a gay straight disconnect here is just like, I, you're going to be hard pressed to get me to like, go, yes, Howard the Duck, love that. It's just like, not my... No, I, I do think you know. This as is you better. say that, Howard the Duck is an aggressively straight character, isn't he? Yes, and I don't have no. a problem with it. It's just not for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> huh. uh, how do we feel about this against the first appearance of Gambit? Um, uh, that, that first arc uh, with like with little storm. storm with Nanny, and it's messy. It's messy. Yeah. I love Nanny. I love Claremont Gambit. I don't love that arc that much honestly how do we feel about this compared to the psylocke mini we just ranked i think this is better than that yeah honestly i think it is um how do we let's see what else could we compare this to Ooh, ooh, ooh! i got it how do you feel about this compared to uh issues one through three of x-men volume four primer the all ladies x team this is better this is better than that yeah yeah that one has better art this is also better yeah but it's not good all right, here's where I think it should wait, go. Wait, 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 wait. Generation right. Hope? I think I think Generation Hope's pretty good. The first four issues? Oh, okay. The one no, the one going. where they do an Akira. Yeah, yeah, no, no, keep going, keep going. I mean, I thought the, I thought the homage was cute, but keep going. Okay. It wasn't four issues cute, and I think Gillen has learned that. I, I uh, Karen's my friend, and I am not going to... I, Fair I, enough. I, I plead the fifth. Okay. Interesting comparison here, though. I think that Tombstone Blues which is also sort of like a weird like investigation story. That play man story. It's about yeah. the same. Like, I think we're on the same thing here. I would give, I would personally give Gambit the edge because of the art on that one's real darn good. I would too, but I think it's better than the what's below it. It's better than Wolverine's Revenge. Wolverine's yeah. Revenge. Yeah, for um, sure. All right, so we're going to squeeze it in there. This will be our th- new 368. Because Con- Connor, just to give you the ease of mind, Three spots up is Bishop's Crossing, and Adam's not going to budge on Bishop's Crossing. No. Oh, Bishop's Crossing is better than this. Thank you. And also, yeah, but but not not better than issue four. That's fair. Like I'll say, like if if this was at an issue four level for all four issues, yep. then it would be better. But I it agree. does take some time to ramp up, and Kitty is insufferable in this, which is difficult. All right, so that will be our new 368 on the list, and that's three of them. Connor, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me and for letting me run long and for letting me yammer on endlessly the way that I do. I like doing this show. I'd love to come back anytime. Oh, We'd we love to have you back. Love to have you. And folks, if you want to hear uh, Connor yammer aimlessly about X-Men... Uh, I would say there's aims typically. We just it's a meandering road, but we get somewhere eventually. (laughs) 
It's very purposeful. Where where can they where can they go to get that every week, Connor? You can follow Cerebro on Twitter and Instagram at Cerebrocast. You can follow me on Twitter at Dream of Organon. That's Dream of O R G O N O N. Or on Instagram at Connor Goldsmith. Connor like Sinead O'Connor. Goldsmith like a jeweler. You can find all of the episodes and links to the Discord server, the merge store, transcripts as they go up, and more of those are coming soon at Cerebrocast.com, the official landing page for the podcast. Uh, and uh, just, I don't know, come by. Don't bring any bad vibes. We have a good time, <laughs> I think. Good vibes only. Got fun episodes coming up, including one with our friend Zach here on yeah. Nate Gray. Yeah, folks, folks, you know about you know about my complex uh, feelings about Nate Gray, the X-Man. Cursed history. And if you enjoyed uh, hearing me yammer on about revanche, uh, Kanon is on the 2022 slate. Ooh. I wanted to give her some time to cook. I wanted us to get through Hellions and sort of see where she's at as her own character before we like really dove in. But I have a fun guest lined up for that and I'm excited about it. Nice. Um, so that's something to look forward to in the new year. That is exciting. Uh, Let's see what's going on this week. I don't know stuff. Go to comicsxf.com. Inferno comes out. Inferno comes out in a couple hours. So um, read our read our article about Inferno three and uh, the final issue of Hellions, which I'm going to miss that book so bad. I love. I've not read our article about the final issue of Hellions yet because I didn't edit that one. I assume it rules. Yeah. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> Adam, we're not, actually because this probably won't go up until after no 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 already this, read it we are, so not, you, we are not editing this in the next hour you heard it here <laughs> late late uh guys you can always follow me on twitter at arthur stacy and uh zach what do we got going on next week next week we are celebrating christmas uh, with our friends, the Chris's, uh, Chris and oh, Christy Edelman cute. from Chris's on Infinite Earths. It's a lot of Chris. There's some <laughs> Kringles in there. It's a whole thing. Well, you know, X can mean X or 10 or a variable or Chris. <laughs> it can. It can. We're big on putting the Chris back in Christmas. I mean, listen, it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's a, it's an Xmas party. And, oh man, no, dang it. A 10 miss. Yeah, no, I just figured all. Dang it! What? I didn't think about that first, and you did. And we've been doing this for several years. Now. Oh well, sorry. How dare like, you? Well, like it's like X Tina, right? Yeah, like, no, yeah. How, how dare you use your use your uh, knowledge of Greek to uh, sort all this out? <laughs> Listen, I just sometimes I'm just it's off it's just off the dome. I don't really think these things through before I say them. That's for that's for post. That's for editing. Anybody who listens to my show will notice how many fucking likes. I'm sorry, I just swore again. God, anybody who listens to my show will know how many um will notice how many ums and likes there are here and like stammers that I pull out of my own show because I'm obsessive compulsive. So you we'll know. we'll sort it out. Everyone, I have all, every tanks. faith in you. I have every faith in you. Thank I you again for having. Adam. Yeah, thank you for being on. Uh, but until then, folks, this has been Battle of the Adam, and we hope you survived the experience. Get it!